today, Dr. Youssef and the team, we began a new series of messages on these Sunday mornings, A Heart for God. We're going to break that down starting today on into the coming weeks with the hope and the prayer that all of us will have a renewed interest, passion, and desire to have a heart for God. What does that mean, and what does that look like? We start today. Hey, I invite you to turn to your copy in God's Word to 1 Samuel chapter 16. And our first stop along the way is the life of David, how he was chosen by the Lord. And the Lord pressed in upon Samuel's life to anoint David. Saul had self-destructed in his leadership as the first king. The Lord rejected Saul because of his pride and self-centeredness. And the Lord doesn't waste time. He found the one to succeed, Saul. His name, David. You probably know the story well. So, 1 Samuel chapter 16. Follow along with me, please. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. Has God ever asked you to do something and you knew if you did it, it's going to get you in hot water? This was Samuel. Sometimes God, oftentimes God, calls us to do the difficult thing. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded, came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So the stage is being set. Verse 6, when they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on his height or his stature, because I have rejected him. As an aside, years ago as a seminary student, Southwestern Seminary preaching class, it was said if a preacher was not at least six feet tall, he would not be effective. I missed it by a half inch, folks. Can you believe that? 
<laughs> Continuing. For the Lord sees not as man sees, but looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord, can we say that together? Looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shema pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? Samuel said, or rather, and he said, There remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. Verse 12, And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes, and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Let's just push the pause button there. God's anointing came upon David fresh out of the pastures. fresh off of another tedious, mundane day watching the sheep. Don't be surprised if God comes in upon your life in the midst of the mundane. He is the God of surprises. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers And the Spirit of the Lord, I love this verse, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. And Saul's servant said to him, Behold now, a harmful spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful in playing the lyre. And when the harmful spirit from God is upon you, he will play it, and you will be well. Now, this is not an evil spirit from God. God is allowing an evil spirit. Just so you know, those who trust in the Lord can't be possessed by the devil, but you can certainly be oppressed. Get any amens to that? So here is, here is David, a young man just having been anointed of the Lord, and now he is going to be the one who is going to serve Saul. Verse 16, let our Lord now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful in playing the lyre. 
reading for emphasis sake. And when the harmful spirit from God is upon you, he's going to play it, and you will be well. So Saul said to his servants, provide for me a man who can play well and bring him to me. One of the young men answered, behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence. And most of all, the Lord is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me David, your son, who is with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey laden with bread and a skin of wine and a young goat and sent them by David, his son, where's he going? To Saul. And David came to Saul and entered his service. And Saul loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David remain in my service, for he has found favor in my sight. And whenever the harmful spirit from God was upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the harmful spirit departed from him. Hence the story of David being chosen. I don't know about you, but periodically in my life, I ask these questions, not because I'm completely oblivious, but it just, you know, you reflect. And in moments of reflection, sometimes these questions come. Why am I here? And where am I going? You ever ask yourself that as you move from one season of life to the next? As a pastor, as a preacher, I know that God has chosen me, And my purpose on this life is to glorify Him in using the gifting that He's giving me in loving people and in showing the love of Christ in a way that honors and glorifies the Lord. I want to say this, and I want to be very clear. God had a purpose for David's life. Sometimes we think purpose. I know that I was created to worship God. I, I, I know that I was created to fellowship with people, particularly brothers and sisters in Christ. I know that God made me to grow and mature in my walk with the Lord. And I know that the Lord gave me spiritual gifting to minister to people. I think we all get that. But there's an aspect of God's purpose for our lives that a lot of times goes overlooked. Did you know that that God has a mission for you, a lane for you? And into that lane, you are called to impact people with the gospel of Christ. You know, there are some people that you're going to be able to impact and influence that Dr. Youssef will not be able to. God is that personable, and He presses in upon our lives in such a specific way to where we are called. And that's what we want to talk about for the next few moments. Praise band, 
Well, they led us in, in one song that, that talked about inside out. Those who are walking far from the Lord, they're living life outside in. He who dies with the most toys, you want to finish that? Wins. And we know there's more to life. That really doesn't capture God's primary purpose for our lives. It's absent of that missional quality in our lives. And so, in this passage of Scripture, Eliab passes by, strong, good-looking guy, over six feet tall. (laughs) God had to remind Samuel... I'm different from that. Men look on the outside. I'm looking on the inside. So God was looking in on David's heart. Now, heart in Scripture is this. It is the seat of the will, the emotion, the intellect. It is is really who you are. God had his eye on David for a long, long time. In Acts chapter 13, Dr. Luke, he writes these words, and these are the words of our Lord in describing his his familiarity with David. The Lord says, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. And then I I love this, this last statement. He will do everything I want him to do. Now, at that point, we just kind of take a deep breath. I mean, we hit the pause button. Is there something that if God called you to do it, would be, I don't know if I can do that or not. You know, we have uh, four wonderful grandchildren in Kennesaw. Do y'all remember Wes Simmons when he preached just a few weeks ago? He's the new COO at um, Leading the Way. You remember what Wes said? And I talked with Wes this past week about this. When it looked like things were moving forward and God was pressing in upon their lives, and Wes and Nancy are about the same age as Renee and me, lived their whole lives, ministry years in Dallas, Texas. Their kids are in Dallas, six grandkids in Dallas. You getting this? And and Wes asked this question to, to Nancy. Nancy... I don't want to know how you feel or what you think. I want to ask you, what is it that you think is right and best? They packed up all their belongings. I talked to Wes on Wednesday. They're living in rented space. And he's not complaining, folks. Wes and Nancy are in a little apartment 
their furniture hadn't arrived yet, and they're sleeping on an air mattress. And so when God pressed in upon Wes and Nancy's heart, leaving six grandchildren behind with whom they had regular involvement, I think about Renee and me. And, but you know, it, it, it goes to this. God can be trusted. God is purposeful. God has a plan. God has a purpose. And it's not about you. It's about Him. What we read today isn't so much about David, but what God is going to be doing through David given time. Do you want to be used in that way? And sometimes that calling is going to bite. Sometimes it's going to hurt just for a little while. Joy comes in the morning, so the Scripture says. So what, what is the Lord wanting to see when He looks in upon David's heart? God is wanting to see the condition of David's heart. David's a young guy. He's a teenager. All the other sons, you know, they're around dad, and maybe they have this enterprise thing going on. I don't know why it was that, that David was selected to be the shepherd, but he's, he's out in the middle of nowhere caring for the sheep. But God knew when he looked in upon David's life that there were no secret places. Every corner of David's heart, the seat of will, intellect, and emotion, every part of David's life had God's signature. There were no hidden places, no, no secret things, nothing that David was keeping for himself. And you know, a lot of times when we go down this road, we immediately think about Secret places, dark corners kind of thing. It's like gross sin. But you know, you, you can be living an upright, moral life and still lead a self-centered life. You don't have to be into gross sin to miss it. Agreed? And so here is David. I mean, he knew where his brothers were. And he's out here. The condition of David's heart, God, here's my life. Are we willing to take that kind of step of renewal and refreshment? It's like we're telling God, I'm all in. You know, there's another important thing about David's life. He did what God told him to do. I've already read this from Acts chapter 13. God is saying, David does whatever I ask him to do. You know, a lot of times, modern-day Christianity, we kind of skirt around this calling of obedience. It's like we, uh, we've gotten a little uptight. And Dr. Youssef says from time to time, we just seem to live in an age that is governed by fairness and compassion. But yet the call upon Christ as we experience His love. One way we show Him our love and our confidence in His leadership is what? It is through obedience. Now, here's the kicker. Obedience. 
Is it something you think you have to do or something that you get to do? Mike, you're uh, getting a little close right now. You just back toward the back of the stage. I'm getting a little uncomfortable. Folks, I, I don't know what it is, but as the Lord is pressing in upon my life during this season. By the way, this week I celebrate three years being a part of the ministry team here at Apostles. <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> Thank you. But I have seen how the Lord has softened my heart in 40 years of ministry. And it's like I'm, I'm just loving the saints. You know, when you are obeying the Lord and when your heart is completely given over to Him... And you renew that every single day. And I'm not intimating that I'm batting a thousand, but it's important because through obedience, the Lord brings such vitality to your heart and a measure of deep compassion to where you feel the pains, you celebrate the joys, you really know people with whom you worship. Make sense? So here's David's heart. He is, he is all about obedience. There's nothing hidden. David's heart, I love this, quick repentance. What is David most known for? Something about Bathsheba. So y'all weren't going to say it, but you were thinking it. When Nathan came to David, David immediately repented. He didn't dodge the issue. He accepted. He confessed his sin. Lord, renew a right spirit within me. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. You know, when... When disobedience come, what do we do? Do we redefine? Do we hide out? This thing of quick repentance shows whether or not we really have a heart for God. Because in loving the Lord, we hate the darkness. Agreed? So... God was looking in upon David's life. He had chosen David to complete his preordained plan for David's life. And he looks in upon David's heart. And this is what he sees, a heart that is totally given to the Lord. But the Lord also wanted to see the character of David's life. Let's call it preparation. So David grew up, David was living in what town? Bethlehem. Some of us went to the Holy Land recently, and one of our stops was Bethlehem. 
Guess what? It's a little town. So here's David living in a little town, but he's not in town. He is living out in, as you know, the fields. This is preparation time. This is before Samuel comes. David's probably wondering how long is this assignment going to last. But I can tell you, out in the fields was exactly where God had placed David. The life of a shepherd. I am told, mundane, it's a monotonous life. We read in 1 Samuel chapter 17 that David took this mundane assignment very seriously. And you you can read about it. When a lion comes along, David would say, and has one of the sheep in its mouth, I run after that lion, I killed the lion, and I rescued the sheep. David risked his life for the little sheep. He gave it his best. In the mundane times of your life, I want you to begin thinking, maybe, just maybe, God is up to something. God is preparing you for something. But you know, for us to really buy into that and embrace that, we have to believe that God really loves us. He knows us, and He loves us. And if He chose you for that lane of missional living, there's a time of preparation. David's time coincided with his assignment to be the best shepherd he could possibly be. Guys, let me, uh, let me offer uh, or speak to you, if I may. So when life gets a little mundane, when life slows down and boredom sets in, how do you handle those times? I'm one of those high-energy guys. Not quite as high energy now as I used to be, but Renee, she would just laugh, shake her head. Well, he's off doing this, you know. I was one of those pastors that was just doing everything and missing the most important things from time to time. But if God has you, guys, maybe in a position, gals, in a position in the marketplace or, or has you just in a flat kind of time, don't think that God has left you. Think instead, God is getting me ready. And we have to learn in those slow times. And there's not a lot going on, and we've got a lot of time on our hands that God is preparing us and seasoning us to get us ready for His mission on our lives. So this is David. God had his eye on David for a long, long time. David stayed at it. So when the missional season in life opens up, and God's got the spotlight on you, how do you handle that? (laughs) 
You know, the stage sometimes can make monsters out of people, unfortunately. When God gives you the green light and it's go time, how do you handle that? Well, if you have sent or spent the season of preparation wisely, you're going to do just fine. And God is going to fulfill His plan and purpose for your life, just like He did David. And part of God's plan is continuing to serve in lowly positions. David, as we've already said, he wasn't being launched into being king immediately. He had to serve years and years, and a lot of those years he was on the run. This we know. Character of David's life. Oh, he was a man of integrity. And you know, when we think about God's calling and missional living, I want to ask you, what if we just would shine before our friends? Those in the office, those in the neighborhood, we just show and share the love of Christ. Interesting thing about God's purpose, and, and Renee and I were talking about this, um, God's purpose for our lives is intended to connect us and to impact generations. So it was about a month and a half ago, right here on Wednesday night, I baptized two children, little Emmett and Britton Blue. And I was looking at them, and the thought crossed my mind. You know, these kids, as they grow and mature in their walk with Christ, their ministry, their mission is going to impact generations that they will never know. I mean, they are really going to be connected from a ministry standpoint for a hundred years. Can you believe that? And it's not just Emmett and Britton Blue. It's every single one of us. When we find ourselves in ministry, we are touching lives and generations. You're, you are being connected to generations that you will never know. It's like it says in the book of Revelation, and their works follow them. Man, I just love the missional feel of that. Well, as we bring this to a close, David is chosen. God looks in and sees the condition of his heart and the character of his life. You know, today isn't so much about David. I mean, if you leave thinking about David, you're going to be inspired. But if you leave thinking about what Christ did in and through David, you're going to be redeemed. Redeemed as a believer in Christ. Refreshed as a disciple of Christ. It was Dwight L. Moody who said, The world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. You know what D.L. Moody said in response to that? By God's help, I aim to be that man.
you're thinking, well, D.L. Moody, who is he? I don't, you know. Well, he lived several years ago. But you know who the real hero was? Talking about just letting your light shine, not publicly, but just as you go. His Sunday school teacher, Ed Kimball, he knew that D.L. Moody worked in a shoe store. And uh, Ed Kimball truly felt that D.L. Moody did not have a relationship with Christ. And so he, he got up the courage and he went to the shoe store. <laughs> and as Ed Kimball could only say it, he walked back and forth in front of that shoe store several times. He finally went in, found D.L. Moody, and uh, as he says, I butchered the gospel. But D.L. Moody accepted Christ. What I just read to you, quoting from D.L. Moody, he wrote that as a teenager. And so without Ed Kimball, there would have never been the evangelist D.L. Moody. You see what I'm saying? The connecting of lives. Having a heart for God isn't just about you and God. It's about what God wants to do in you and through you to touch a world. And I'm going to close with this. If not you, who? If not now, when? Paul said, let us redeem the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time means making the most of every single day. And because the days are wicked, as Paul said, let us walk circumspectly. Let's not waste time. Let's be careful in taking every step, looking to the left, to the right, front and behind. But let us move forward in fulfilling God's mission and call upon our lives. The world has yet to see what God can do through a man whose life is completely and fully consecrated to him. Ladies, women too. D.L. Moody said, I aim to be that man. How about you? As we prepare to close, how about you? How about me? Would you today, with, with renewed passion, would you say, I aim to be that woman? Yeah, at work, it's not the healthiest of environments. You have to watch what you say, what you do, how you look, how you sound. HR is just flooded with stuff these days. Don't let that intimidate you. Don't take a step back on that, but say, I aim to be that woman. I aim to be that man. Do you think today's world needs a few Davids? And being fair, a few Denises? Any amens? All right, now it's go time. Now it's time to say, yes, Lord, yes. Pray with me, won't you?
Oh, Father, thank you for pressing in upon our lives. Thank you for making this such a vertical time. We have felt your presence. We acknowledge your presence. And we accept your call upon our lives. And Father, now is our time to decide today and this week will we decide to be as David, one whose heart is completely yours. In the character of our lives, to be a person of integrity and a person that is on mission. God, give us grace to be that man, that woman. And Father, clear the scales from our eyes. We've heard enough of the news. We've heard enough of the economic forecast. We've heard enough. Let's take a step back, Father, and let you speak to us and remind us that these are days of incredible opportunity to touch a guy, to touch a woman. Because when we touch a person, we touch a family. You touch a family, God, through you, we touch a neighborhood. And so it goes. Father, let us be about building legacy, connecting us to generations that we will never see this side of heaven. Father, give us a heart for God. In Jesus' name, amen.